So today we are in Psalm 51, primarily verse 10, and then also verse 17. Kind of long to do that. Um, I am going to grab... I'd like to hear, though, what are some of the observations? Would someone first read Psalm 51, 10 for me? Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Mm-hmm. And what are some of your observations that you had in there? I like the word steadfast heart. Okay. Steadfast spirit. That's what mine says. Why, why does steadfast spirit speak to you? It's that um, one of the things I was reading is that it's like um, you're firmly there. Everything about you, you know, you're going forward and you have, you're firmly set in it. I think about what's that, um, be, I, all I can think about is somebody who's like firm in what they believe and everything. Mm-hmm. And nothing is going to change that. Mm-hmm. Anchored. Anchored, Anchored, yeah. Or built on stone. Hi, Sharon. Yeah. Um, in fact, that is one of the things that this uh, verse does talk about, is in that steadfast spirit, it's someone that's immu- immovable. Like, we Uh-oh. see in this create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. We see not only confession, but we see repentance. But it's a repentance that says, let me... Be unmovable, Lord. Let me be steadfast that I wouldn't keep looking back and turning back the other way, right? Do you know what the story is behind Psalm 51? Who is this about? Who wrote this? David. David, David right? Yeah. And do you remember what was going on in David's life that led up to this? Bathsheba. Bathsheba, right? Okay, so that's back in Second Samuel, I think, chapter 11. And it is the story about how he not only first saw Bathsheba across the way, but then how he went on to have relations with her. And then he tried to bring her husband, um, send him out to war, then bring him back to war when she got pregnant, right? And then tried to get them set up so it looked like the child could be her child. And he refused to leave his men, and so that didn't work. So then he plotted to have him killed on the front lines. Right, so he went to these great extremes. And if you start thinking about that type of sin that has built up, that didn't happen in a day, right? So um, speculation is this could have been a year or so, right? Where he, he's just had sin just compound and he's living in it, right? Without repentance in it, maybe not seeing it. Do you remember who came and talked to him? Carol? No, Nathan. Do you remember the prophet Nathan? So Nathan comes and he talks to him and he says basically, as, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, <laughs> what are you doing? Have you ever had someone come and tell you, what are you doing? Yeah. That's an unpleasant conversation sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Right? And you can take it one of two ways. You can be defensive or you can hear it, mm-hmm. right? But David heard it. And when he heard it, it was like that whole year of sin and everything he had done 
he came face to face with, and it floored him, and it put him humbly on the ground. And that's when he wrote, Oh, Lord, create in me a clean heart. And that clean heart, that create in me a clean heart, that same verb in create is the same verb in Genesis 1.1. So it is, God, what you could do to create this entire earth, I cannot do it myself. I need you to come create a new heart, a clean heart in me. Only you can make that kind of a big transformation, right? Right? I know for me, the things that I go through, the things I continually struggle with and stumble over, I think, Lord, don't even try to fix that old, old, that old heart, right? I need a whole new overhaul here, God, because I can't do it on my own. Is that another observation you had? Is that he asked God to create a clean heart in him, right? He didn't say, God, I keep trying, I keep trying, right? I say that. I still get myself caught up in saying those kinds of things. Do you? Like, I think it's somehow in my strength where Scripture is saying, it's not your strength that any of this is done. It has to be by God. And so, what else have you seen in this verse, in, in 5110? But to me, Do not cast me away. There's another part. What does it say after that? Cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Okay, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your spirit from me. This first one, was this done before or after the sin? Is this said before or after the sin? After. 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 Was this said before or after the sin? After. after. So does it stand to reason then that God, even in his sin, did not leave him? That God did not remove his spirit from him? No. So people that think that I've screwed up, God has left me, or I've screwed up, I've lost my salvation, or I've, all of those things, we could take Psalm 51.10 and say right there, right? God does not leave us, even though we're dirty, no good for nothing. He broke several of the Ten Commandments. He only had ten he had to follow, right? <laughs> But he told lies, covetousness, wanted that other guy's wife, adultery, murder, right? All of these things. He hit the biggies, right? He hit the biggies, and God did not leave him. So if you're over there thinking, Lord, I gossiped again today, he has not left you, right? Even if you've done the biggies. God has not left you, right? I love that about that because God, it tells us in Scripture, he's not the one that ever leaves. Who leaves? We do. We do, do, right? He never leaves. He says, all you got to do 
is turn back and come to me. I'm still standing right here. I've never left you, right? Not take your Holy Spirit from me. Remember we talked about before um, that scripture tells us that we are sealed in the Holy Spirit. That seal cannot be removed. It cannot be taken away. So once we've accepted the Lord, but let me tell you, I did read a commentary that said that the Holy Spirit, don't quote me for sure, um, but that the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, um, this referred more to your service than it did your salvation. Because, you know, they haven't had Jesus yet, right? And so basically, essentially he's saying, Lord, I know I've screwed up. Please don't take away my ministry from me. His ministry as king of Israel, as a leader. Now, when someone is repentant, does God take away the leadership? No. 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 We know that because he remained king of Israel. And years later, even if we were to look back, years later in scripture, it tells us not look at David. He was no good. And I cast him out. It says he was a man after my own heart. Right? So God sees that. How does he create this clean heart in us, though? Yes. Huh? It takes away our sins. Taking away our sins, right? So and forgiving us and then we'll do better. We'll do better and yeah. not do that anymore. What is that process called? Do you remember that big word we talk about all the time? It starts with an S. Sanctification, right? Sanctification is that process of, <clears throat> for the long and the short of it, making us more like Jesus throughout our whole life, right? It's that journey that he takes us on. Um, when we strive to do things to please God and we're trying to make it look like that on the outside we got it all together. Is that truly a clean heart? No. No. No, it does nobody any good. What happens generally to you when you try to fake it on the outside? You lose it on the inside. You lose it on the inside, and it eventually oozes out the outside, right? It comes out sideways everywhere. Um, our behavior, though, should reflect what's going on in the inside, right? And so that's going to come from true transformation. That, again, he's saying, only you can do this, God. Only you could do it. You know, I would challenge this to say that Scripture tells us even the act of obedience, to even want the desire to obey and even want to be better, would come from God. Do we meet God in the sanctification process? Yeah. We got to show up, right? We got to agree with him. Just the same as we got to agree with him on our sin. We got to then agree with him that we need to repent. But we talk about this confession, but we're not Catholic, right? We don't need to go to confession. What is confession? Talking to God and letting him know that you're sorry for what you've done. Yeah. Openly admitting that you... Yeah. Ultimately, yeah, you're admitting it. Why is that important? Because if you don't speak it, how can he forgive you? How can he forgive you? Because you're speaking it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, wh- what happens when you think about your own life and something that you've gone through? What happens in our life, in our relationship with God, when there's sin in our life that's unconfessed? There's a wall. Who puts the wall up? We do. We do, right? Exactly. So what we're really doing is saying, God, I don't want to be apart from you anymore. I know I've messed up. Almost hear Pastor Jim on every Sunday morning. (laughs) For the things I've messed up, for the things I've done, for the things I've said wrong, right? All of those things that he leads us through, this simple little prayer every Sunday morning to say, you know what? It matters because it's a relationship with God. It is not a religion with God, right? And when we have a religion, the religion says, I don't need to do that. The religion says, I'm above that. Religion says, quotes like, once saved, always saved. Now, do I believe that? Yes, I do. But that doesn't excuse the sin in my life. It doesn't give me this all-out grace pass that says, I can keep on living a certain way and have certain behavior and not relationship with Jesus where that's authentic, that it hurts my heart when he is hurting over the things I'm doing. And so we come in that confession, and like David said, creating me a clean heart, we're coming in that confession saying, God, I'm sorry for the things that I've been doing. God, I need you to come fix this in me because I can't do it on my own, right? And, then, and renew the right spirit in me. What's a right spirit? The one God wants us to have. Yeah? Is it the Holy Spirit? Some of the stuff I read, it was like it could be the Holy Spirit. No. no? I, would think, I would think in, in the context of that, being a right spirit, and tell me if you disagree, that it would be more like, um, I'm not confessing this for favor, greed, to get anything out of it. I'm confessing it and I'm doing it in the right spirit because the right spirit would be, I want to please God, not get something for <coughs> myself. <coughs> yeah, like where, where's your mind at in this, right? Why, what's your motive behind wanting this clean heart, right? Is it so I look good on the outside to everybody else because I went forward and I kneeled at the altar, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could, you could have all sorts of outward appearances. Yeah, right, Cora? I saw you do that that one time. You know, she's over here getting after me. Um, and again, we cannot create that clean heart. Who creates the clean heart? God. God does. How does he do that? How did he do that? By loving us and Jesus died on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. That is really what it comes down to. Jesus paid the price. For yesterday's sins, today's sins, tomorrow's sins, right? We are wiped clean in that. Okay? That will not change. In creating a a right spirit is when we talked about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So he's he's longing for us, but we're caught up in everything that we're doing. And so our mind is taking over, and it's not letting us do the things that we should be doing. Right. Yeah. It comes, like what you said, it comes right back to what's the motive in that? What's the right spirit look like? Because (coughs) I want this relationship to be that I want to please God, right? 
that I, I want the things that are coming out of my life to be fruit, right? Good fruit. Um, well, and I think, too, Kim, when, when we don't have a right spirit, we're doing things that we want to do. Satan yeah. can't read our minds, so he's seeing us do the things we want, and he's like, oh, yeah, I can attack her here. I'll put this there. I'll leave. You know what I mean? It creates a ground mm -hmm. that we're living on that Satan can come and attack us more guilt. Mm -hmm. Oh, I might as well just do it because of, you yeah. know, why not? You know, or he yeah. doesn't love me anyway. He doesn't <coughs> love me with what I'm doing. You know, just all the things that go in our mind. Oh, it's absolutely true because I've had several conversations with people that are stuck in a place of guilt and shame that they're just broken as far as God is concerned. They can't, they want to be perfect in order to come back to God. And girlfriends, you can pray right now in this moment, God created me. I forgive me for what I've done, created me a clean heart. We're still sinning. I mean, there's still somewhere, you know. We are just not ever going to be perfect. There's one perfect, right? Right? When I think about being hard, I think about, I don't know if any, I'm sure all of you have had like anxiety attacks. Yeah. You know, and you're so stressed out about something that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And you can feel it in your chest. You can feel it deep down. And there's like this heaviness. It's almost like you feel like you are having a heart attack. Yep. And then it's like that something, you know, whatever you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And it's like you just let go. And it's like, oh, I can breathe now. Mm -hmm. That chest, that, that, that thing, that chest, <laughs> the thing that was sitting on my chest is gone. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of a clean heart, it's like, you know, when you go in front of God to confess or to talk to him, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I got yeah. it all out in the open there, True. God. True. And, and sometimes we, we try to carry that. <coughs> and, and one of the ways we carry that is I'm going to call Sharon up. And Sharon, here's all my problems. And then I'm going to call Jamie up. Jamie, here's all my problems. And I call Carol up. I could be talking to all my girlfriends one after another and still be carrying this burden around. But the minute I finally go, okay, there's no one else to call, and I give it to God, that's when the relief comes, right? Right? Do you ever try to, like, train yourself now, like, not calling Sharon? I'm calling Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Sharon's great to call. But do you, do you challenge yourself in that? Like, I'm not going to go vent. I'm going to go to God. You challenge yourself in that? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, and they can all listen to you. Yeah. But God is the one that can bring the peace. He's right. the one that can bring the comfort right. when you ask for it. Yeah. Philippians. You know, and you still may have to go through it, but, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. It, I don't see anywhere in Scripture that it says peace comes from sharing our burdens. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. However, we are supposed to share our burdens. That is part of how God... The same as last night, right? Our prayer chain. Our prayer chain. That is the same. That's how we share a burden in a healthy way. Yes. Right? Where we are lifting each other up. Like, you got to pray about that right now. We're praying about that right now. We're lifting up this wheelchair situation right now. That is a burden on Cora. Yes. You know? Um, so, there's ways to do that without uh, taking it in an unhealthy direction. Right? And God's got to be part of that picture. Um, and John, in saying that, 
it's going to be in his timing. It is in his timing. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people may not be doing what they're doing, but God is still in control of the whole situation. Yep. So don't get mad when you're crawling on the floor, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting ready to just sign one of those crawl things that go under the car. I know. <laughs> I'm a terrible friend who likes to crack jokes, so the other day I'm just like, I'm just waiting for you to get up and walk. Because <laughs> Maybe you don't need that chair. I don't know. <laughs> but God knows, right? Um, John 15, 1 through 17, it talks about um, the vine and the branches, right? What happens with the branch, does it tell us in that scripture? Gets pruned. Ouch. Right? Ouch, 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 ouch. Um, Malachi 3.2 talks about the Messiah will be like a refiner's fire. Ouch. Right? There's some ouchiness that happens in, in some of that. So we should not be surprised when those trials, those fiery trials that Paul talks about that we go through, that there's going to be some stretching. There's going to be some pressure. But what does God tell us in Scripture? will be pressed, but not, I don't know the whole scripture, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. If I could sing the song. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's going to be pressure, but you're not going to be crushed, right? Like, there's going to be things that he's going to allow to happen in our lives that, that are unpleasant. And then he goes on to talk about what he's going to do with that. And that's all part of that sanctification, you know? And it produces character, and character produces stronger. Yep, makes us perseverance, hard. character, and hope, right? But that's like last night, because, you know, the paramedics were working on Terry, and Karen and I were on the other side of the island. And I'm praying to myself, and then I thought, you know, all this pushing to pray, so I just put my arm around Karen, and I just prayed out loud. And she just moved right into it. She didn't say anything, yeah. but... I know that that was the thing to do. And, you know, yeah. if it wouldn't be Aww. for all you guys encouraging me, I, right. I don't know that I would have done that. Oh, well, praise God. Yeah. That's awesome. And then when I got to the hospital, and first thing I said to Jim was, did you pray with Karen? He said, yes. Good. Because I was going to go and pray with her again. Yeah. And isn't it crazy, though, sometimes it takes things like that that cause you to step out in your faith boldly? Yes. Whereas you're just sitting over, you know, at the Annie's tea room and you're like, I probably should pray before lunch, but that feels awkward. You're right. <laughs> but when it came, push came to shove, you showed and where your relationship was with. Yeah. yeah. And God gave you that strength in that moment. That's what he had for you to do. That's awesome. There's sometimes, too, that we don't personally have the strength to be able to yeah. pray, and that's what the rest of us are all here for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, that Matthew 5.8, could someone read Matthew 5.8 for me? One of the Beatitudes, right? Yep. <laughs> Who's a smart girl? Mm -hmm. So it probably starts with, blessed are poor in spirit, pure in oh, heart. heart. Exactly. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How did the pure in heart see God? Because they see what he wants to see. 
see what he wants to say. Okay. Anybody else? Well, if we're in the Word, because it says we're blessed, uh -huh. then <clears throat> we're seeing what He wants for us. Okay. Yeah. See. Another little bit further, right there. Um, God's you know, gonna reveal. Yeah. Reveal to us what He wants us to do and what we should be doing. It. In his that's what it's telling us. It, that's yeah. how we're gonna see God is. He's revealing Himself to us through what He wants us to do. Right. Through His Word. <laughs> All three of you. It's like, yep. Uh, the Greek word for pure here is katharos. Uh, it is clean, blameless, unstained from guilt. The word can refer to, going back again, either fire or pruning. Okay? Um, which brought us back to that John 15 verse, that Malachi 3 2 verse. And then we get to um, that Greek word there for heart is cardia, if I said that right. Um, and it is more, remember we talked before about the heart? It can be more than the physical heart. It's like the spiritual um, center. It's your thoughts. It's your desire. It's the sense of purpose, um, your will, your understanding, your character. It all resides in what we call the heart, right? And out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Who you truly are is inside of there. Right? Um, so to be pure in heart is to be blameless. This is what a quote. To be pure in heart is to be blameless in who we actually are. What do you think that means? To be forgiven, sanctified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So God can see past our sin. He does see past our sin, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 And not fake. And not what? Not fake. Not putting up a mask of who we Yeah, think not we fake. Yeah. But he knows who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, we first must have already accepted Christ, right? He's got to stand as the lamb. His blood has to have covered us, right? That, that we are seen as blameless. Um, but that blameless in spirit is someone that has a singleness of heart towards God. In other words, my number one goal is to please God. And isn't that what we are striving for so continually? So how about Do be that all over? Did you? Be more like that's all. Yeah, yeah. Be more like Jesus. Be more like Jesus. So how about thinking quick and making the right choice and then, oh, I made the right choice. Yay! <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> right? We make enough of those, string enough of those right choices that yeah. it becomes a little easier, right? Um, so part of that, though, is being marked, it says in this quote, marked by a transparency, a transparency and an uncompromising desire to please God in all things, which goes back to that steadfast spirit, right? It's someone that knows who they are in Christ, Someone that is sold out to him and wants to stand in that and be immovable in that. And that is ultimately, again, what we're trying to do in that sanctification process is we want to be in that same place David was where we're on our knees. And it's like, I think it says in that scripture um, a little bit earlier that David was crying out that his sin was always before him. 
Do you ever feel like your sin is always before you? Hello. <laughs> Please let me not be the only one. <laughs> My sin is always before me. And I'm like, Lord, I, yeah, I'm yucky. You know? I, I do. I feel that way. Um, there's this, I'm just like, here's me, transparent. There's this stupid show I really like to watch. It's funny. But the language in the show is horrible. I know. I know. I don't know, but then it's like I, the Holy Spirit's back here going, you know you shouldn't watch this show. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but if I get up and I close the door, maybe no one else will know I'm watching the show. Uh-huh. Right? Right? That's a thought that would go through my head. Okay, then, like, uh, whenever Lent started, anybody know when that started? Wednesday, two weeks ago. Wednesday, two weeks ago. I'm not somebody that follows Lent. I don't but on the day, at the moment that I was wrestling with wanting to turn that show on, I came across this Facebook post or something about Lent starting. And I went, ah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and which ultimately came to, you know what? Kim, for the next 40 days, I want you to try to just please me in this one area. Do not watch this show. That's all we'll talk about for now. And I'm like, okay, I could do 40 days. <laughs> I mean, I can't pick it back up later. <laughs> I don't know what show it is. No, I'm not even telling you what show it is. No. We might be shocked. Yeah, you would be shocked. It's not explicitly <laughs> pornography or anything like that. <laughs> got a lot of bad language in it. Anyway, so, um, so I gave it up, right? For Lent. For Lent. <laughs> but I don't technically do. But apparently I do now because God said, would you give it to me? And we had that conversation. Would you give it to me longer than 40 days? Do you love me that much? Oh, whatever, Lord. Shh. You know? <laughs> So currently we are in the uh, in the process of having negotiations. Uh, he's winning, um, <laughs> but that's okay. But the point is, is that I know my heart wants to please him, but there's this stronghold, and when there's a stronghold in your heart, yeah, you gotta look at it, you know. And I'm like so totally being open and honest with you guys that this is how I wrestle with the stronghold, right? I, I hope, again, I'm not the only one, and that's all right if I am. Okay, thank you. <laughs> right? I know. I mean, it could be worse, but for me, that's where the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Not to, and, and you know what he tells me even in this moment? Don't say it could be worse. Don't compare your sin to somebody else's. Don't compare your choices in how you serve me to how someone else serves me. Right? That's creating me a clean heart. With a renew a right spirit in me. Not a spirit that says, but, but, but. Right? Not a spirit that wants to negotiate. Right? Like God's going to, end of 40 days, all I'm going to do is get a severe butt kicking. It's going to be like, Really? You didn't need that for 40 days. You had me. And you liked 
that you made the right choice. So you're telling me now you'll walk away and go back to the garbage pit? Right? I know that's a conversation. He's just like that. So goodbye, show. <laughs> when it's like the pruning that we were talking about. Yeah. You'll take all it hurts. the dead. Mm-hmm. He's taking off the dead. You know what I mean? But you won't right. let him cut the infected branch off that's, that's still, you know. Amen. Or let him. putting it even worse. You've got gangrene yeah. going on in your leg. Yeah. But no, you know. you got to empty it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. You know. Yeah. I, I can't go without my leg. Right. Let's just let it get through my whole body. Amen. Ooh. Amen. Because we start compromising, right? Because if it's easy to compromise in that show, it's going to be easy to compromise in the next one and maybe, you know, whatever comes after that. We've made a series of compromises and we're standing now as David because all sin is really equal. Sin is sin. And we're now standing before God going, well, I only had this list, but I didn't never get past it. I stuck in it. Right? I don't want to be that. I don't. We'll only hammer the nail a in little. your hand. Yeah, just not, a little. That hurt. Pounded in. I had these stupid goats. Why I had these two stupid male goats, I do not know, because they serve no purpose, do they, these two male goats? They were loud. Uh, There was no female. They were two Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin were supposed to eat the weeds. Do goats eat weeds? No. No. (laughs) They eat everything else. So the blackberry bushes that were lush and growing, they were nubs on the ground. I was so mad at Batman and Robin for that. Do you know the next year, that blackberry bush produced more fruit than it ever did? And then the year after that, after them suckers eat it all the way down to the nubs as soon as anything produced on it, and I was mad again, the next year it produced even more. And we went through like three years of these guys getting to the blackberries before I got and eating it to nubs. And every time it would come back with more fruit. Is there a Bible story in that? (laughs) (laughs) That'll preach, right? If if we want God to do the work in us, we have to be willing to be pruned. We have to work in that process of sanctification. Right? Anyone else have any thoughts? I was reading some of the stuff, and it says, purge me and cleanse me. Mm, Get rid of it. And take, you know, you've got to be broken mentally and morally mm. to the bone yeah. before you be renewed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure David was yeah. to the bone, right? Like More than once. More than once, absolutely. Yeah, just because it keeps coming back or something comes back or whatever, does not mean God is done with you. He's pruning you. He's putting you through the fire. <coughs> he is showing you. We gotta agree, that's part of it. We agree with God why we need to confess and repent, right? We want to be restored, right? Um, why do you pray this, though? Create me a clean heart. Why do you pray that? Not people in general. But I want to, Carol, why would you pray that? Because sometimes I don't have a clean heart. I just yeah. need to get rid of it. I need to take that weight off my chest. Yeah, yeah. You want to get the weight off. So we're closer to God. So we're closer to God. Yeah. This world's making it dirty. Yeah. Right? And, and some things, you know, you don't really know, like, your your show. Mm-hmm. 
But some are a little bit more blatant, you know, I, for a year, every Monday night, I listen to a psychic medium on, on the thing every Monday night. I gave up birthday parties. I stopped not wanting to do anything. I would go in my room. I would close the door just so I could listen to his live podcast. And, and it became such an addiction. Like I wouldn't even, I'd be like, okay, my show's coming on. I have to go. I have to go. And my husband would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm listening to this guy. I would wait patiently because his thing was I communicate with the dead mm-hmm. and, and he would give out like certain clues and I think, okay, if I'm getting something from my son, then he'll say this, this, and this, you know, and I would wait patiently and I justified it to everybody, my family, my friends, this is why I'm doing it. And, but in the back, I knew that this was wrong, mm-hmm. that this, this, was, this was not for me to be doing. I cannot do this. But I kept justifying it to everybody, you know, because he would talk about God. He would quote scripture. I mean, he was really good. And I kept thinking, you know, he's a godly man. Mm-hmm. He's quoting scripture. And, and I had to, and when I cut him off, when I shut that door, I missed it, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I blocked him from my Facebook because he was on Facebook. I blocked him from my Facebook. I took all the things and every once in a while, something will pop up and I'll think, hmm. And when we went back east this last time, he was in the town that we were going through. (laughs) And I was like, and they had a huge sign up saying it was this night that we were going to be there. And I'm like, and it's free. (laughs) No, he had to do this because I really, really liked him. You know, I felt like it, you know, I think he, I think he felt like he was legitimate. I didn't, you know, and, and it was like, it's, you know, it's like something Satan's constantly throwing at me. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. But it is how Satan likes to work, though, huh? Yeah, and I had to get rid of it. I had to purge myself of that. Right. We know when something's wrong. I even bought his book. <laughs> oh. I need a fire starter. <laughs> I had to throw his book I threw his book away. I <coughs> I think that we probably all have something, you know, along those lines where Yeah. Yeah. We know it's wrong, but we really don't want to give it up. Well it's like because yeah. I've never felt that way about smoking. <laughs> I've never felt that way. Never felt like, I never yeah. felt like God told me to quit smoking. I just never felt that way. But God told me not to listen to the psychic medium. <laughs> you know, he started, you know, I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> I think he probably hated that more at the time, right? I don't know how God works. God, God, God has a way of just, in his timing, showing us what. Because if he gave us everything at once, Right? We'd be so broken. Yeah. 
putting the, the psychic medium before him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can sit and smoke and still read the Bible. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's really not going to like that psychic medium. I was thinking, could it be an aisle too? Well, sure, it's some guy. I'm spending two hours a week of this guy. Yeah. Two hours, you know, things, and I'm thinking, I've never paid attention this long, you know? Mm -hmm. I was a horrible student. Now that she's paying attention, got to work on the super <laughs> <laughs> But I always tell people, I, I when I get to heaven, I'm going to go, oh, that's what you meant, God? You know, it's going to be one of those. Until then, I just have to trust him. That's true. <laughs> um, <coughs> I like... The message version says, God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. A Genesis week. Create it new, God. Create it new. Get rid of the chaos. Um, I just sat kind of in that one quite a while this morning. Richard and I were talking about it. And I thought, it really sums it up really well, I thought, for me, that we are looking for fresh starts, right? Uh -huh. Fresh starts that, yeah, if I told you, if I was honest, how many times I restarted Weight Watchers? Every Monday. Every <laughs> Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes dinner. <laughs> The fresh starts that I try to make, they stink. They do. They're worthless. It's got to be God. He gives us a fresh start every day. He, or every amen. night. Amen. Whenever we go to him, every we time. have a fresh start. And if we don't need to come for Monday either, right? New mercies every morning, Scripture tells yes. us. Yes. Yeah. And every time we come to him, he's not left. His grace is always there. Yep. And we are never going to be perfect. We're just not. So waiting to get it together or try to look clean enough to come to him, it's worthless. It's filthy rags, scripture says, right? We just come and say, you know what, God, I need you to do the work. I've made a mess of it. That's what that, that chaos of my life, God didn't create the chaos of my life. I did that all on my own, right? <laughs> So, God, I, I need you to take this mess I've made, and I need you to make a fresh start for me. I need you to create it. All I want to do is honestly admit to you where I'm screwing up, and I want to, I repent of that. I put you back on the throne, God, and give me a spirit that willingly obeys you and follows after you and loves you. And I'll probably mess up again tomorrow or in the next hour, but just keep me back on that path, right? So I was thinking in those seven days, it was something new every, every day. day. Yeah. So each day for us. Right. And then when he got done, it is good. It is good. So, you yeah. know, it's like a checklist for us of each day we get up and yeah. are desiring that yeah. and know what mm -hmm. our faults are, mm -hmm. you know. Or you can think of the week even like what Carol was talking about. You know what? I used to have an issue listening to a psychic, and God took that away. It wasn't easy, but God took it away. And out of obedience, I have committed to that. Right? That's part of the process. So you're going to be with your TV show. 
Yeah. <laughs> Same as the TV show. Yeah. And the, I, the reason I won't tell you about what the name is, in case, in case any, any of you watch it, I don't want yeah, you to judge it. <laughs> <laughs> it's different for everybody. It's different for everybody, right? Um, and certain things could probably, you know, like, I yeah. know that there's certain shows I can't watch. Mm -hmm. But I could sit and watch a murder mystery all day long. Oh, yeah. And I don't feel like God put it on me. But there's right. other things that, you know, you, you'll watch and think, oh, we each mm -hmm. have our own style. Yeah. yeah. We each, God has made us unique. And what yeah. may be a challenge for me yeah. is, Absolutely. like you said, a cakewalk for you. It's no big yeah. deal. You have no issues with that. Right. So. Like, I'm never going to drink too much wine. Just saying. Because I think it's disgusting. <laughs> right? <laughs> But for somebody but for else, somebody else I'll right? I'll never. I'll, uh, God cured me of tequila in college, so <laughs> there's there's just gonna be things that we walk our own path and have different, you know, challenges in. But uh, anyone else have any other thoughts? Anything that they wrote down they want to share? Anything I missed that stood out to you? Down in verse 17, let's just read that real quick. Somebody out loud for me. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not, you will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. Mm -hmm. God's not going to despise a broken heart. Doesn't matter what chaos, what mess you've made, you can come humbly before him. He will not turn you away. He wants us to have that broken spirit. He wants us to realize that we can't do it on our own and that we need him, right? To be dependent. To be dependent on him, yeah. I think that talk of being perfect, too, I hear that a lot. There, there is no perfect. No, it's not perfect. Just Jesus. Mm -hmm. All right.